Welcome to Entrepreneur Decoded, the show where you'll find real conversations with today's most successful entrepreneurs. They'll share everything from unforgettable personal stories to exact strategies they use on a daily basis. Here's your host, Simon Sander. Let's get into the show. Today's featured guest is Lee Martinozzi. Welcome, Lee. Hey, how you going? Thank you for coming in, man. My pleasure. Lee is the founder of the Hidden Why podcast and CEO of CM Wells Global Solutions. He's an expert in lifestyle and business design. Today, um, Lee travels the country and speaks about a wide range of topics from spirituality to business and productivity. Lee, uh, tell us a bit more about yourself and fill in any blanks. Ah, there's a lot to know about myself. So I could probably babble on for a, a while here, but. Yeah, my story is is, is a typical story. I, I had a, a great uh, childhood, you know, a lot to be grateful for. Um, although in our childhood, sometimes we don't appreciate everything that we've got. Uh, but I had a good upbringing. I, I was never one of those um, doom and gloom stories. I had loving parents. I had great friends. Uh, and never found myself with my last $20 on the couch. You know, I've had a pretty pretty good journey and I you know I wasn't above the 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 wealth line or anything like that I was pretty much in the middle um, so I had a pretty good childhood and I then you know finished school and I was sort of going like most people do hey what's next where do I go you know I was released and had no clue I uh, did what I could to to follow the paths that were given to me and I went to university I got a job I did this and that uh, and I got to the point where I was you know several a few years back anyway now where I really was not not happy with where I was. I felt empty and I, I, I was grateful for everything I had. I had a couple of cars and I had, uh, you know, a lot to be grateful for. I had a, a great paying job. I had a wife, a kid on the way, a um, couple of investment properties. So, you know, things were good, but I just felt empty. I felt there was more in life. And that's when I started asking the question again, you know, what's it all about? Is this what I want to be doing for the rest of my life? Is this life? You know, all those bigger sort of legacy questions that we, we bring up. And I've always been one of those people. I'm I'm very impatient. I'm very time conscious because of that impatience. And I certainly don't want to waste time. And, and life is time, so I don't want to waste my life. So I'm I'm never one to just easily easily accept things just because they are. So I always question things, and that includes my life as well. And that's what shifted me, to be honest, Simon, in this direction of the hidden why is to really follow my own journey in in life. And and that was the hidden why project. It's what lights me up. It what gives me joy. It it helps me remove suffering from my life i become more purposeful in in everything that i do and and hopefully i can live and look back on my life without great regret uh, and that's what i want for other people as well i don't want them to have that regret all that that suffering that's uh, in between you know lee thanks for sharing that uh, anyone who is interested i highly recommend checking out lee's podcast the hidden why podcast that he just mentioned but i want to jump into our first topic right away if you could teach everyone in our audience just one thing something that you feel has been the biggest contributor to successes so far what would that be the one thing i would say it's awareness it's the the developing awareness in life uh, I, I believe that for most people out there, like myself, you know, we're just so overwhelmed with life, everything we have to do day by day and, and you know, so much opportunity and availability to us as well. We, we miss this piece of awareness and I believe that we have to spend much more time that we're spending in this zone um, than we are currently. And, you know, for most people, it's zero. So, you know, you've got to start somewhere and perhaps that's 10 minutes meditation or something like that. 
I believe we have to spend you know 50% of our time there. I think you know the the more time I spend in reflection and awareness, the greater my life becomes, the less suffering I have, and the more deep sense of happiness I get as well. So I would say awareness is is that is that thing for me. Is that something you've realized lately, or uh, you said before that you had a pretty good childhood? Uh, you didn't appreciate some of the things, but you overall had a pretty good childhood. So how does that awareness uh, aspect play into all of this? Yeah, look, you can. I mean, you can have a good life or a bad life, and and still not be aware. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I guess I've I've always had an open mind, and I've always been quite a deep thinker. Um, so th- that sense of awareness perhaps has always been there, but certainly I, I I disconnected from that. You know, as I followed this path that society set out for me, and I jumped on that because it felt like the right thing to do. It's, I th- thought it was you know what others expected of me. I got a job in corporate management. And I slowly disconnected from my why. I, I slowly veered off track and and didn't have that awareness piece in my life anymore. I was just busy going from one thing to the next. And because I wasn't really that satisfied, I found in, in the times where I wasn't working, I was doing, um, you know, behaviors that were just pacifying my suffering, I suppose, and things that weren't conducive to, to really living life truthfully uh, to myself. And that that sort of blocked me from having that that bit of awareness and and asking those questions and and reflecting on life a lot more. So, what are some of those behaviors you had to get rid of or add just because you're aware? I assume is it watching TV, uh, bad habits, stuff like that, or uh, tell me tell me about that. Yeah, man. Yeah, there's there's still some work to be done. Um, but yeah, TV was a big one. You know, I, I used to. Uh, get home and, and watch TV like most people do. The average American watches five hours, and I think that's probably pretty consistent. Um, it's five hours is boggling to me now, but that's probably, I don't know if that's what I did, but it was probably not far off that, to be honest. So, you know, that's one of those activities where you're just you're numbing your mind with senseless, negative, mostly negative stuff, um, but just wasteful too. And, and I removed that and I started reading books. So that was a great way to, uh, you know, better enhance myself. Um, so certainly removing that and it's just incorporating time to reflect time in meditation. You know, 10 minutes is, is what I started doing. Tim Ferriss was an inspiration for, for my meditation. He he said, you know, if you can't, if you think you can't afford 10 minutes, there's a more reason that you should be meditating. Um, so that's where I started. I just used to do my uh, exercise in the morning and that was another routine I got into the habit of, a morning routine. But I'd do my exercise. I'd then sit down and write because that's something I'm passionate about. And then I'd just switch things off and sit on the floor in the middle of the office and, um, you know, close my eyes and, and, I don't know, try meditate. Um, I didn't know what it was, but it certainly seems to have worked. And, and I do it now daily as a practice as best I can. Um, but there's other things and, and awareness practices you can bring into your life as well. Yeah, just before this interview, um, I usually try to meditate every single morning, but I don't know, somehow uh, this morning I didn't, so I did it just before our interview, and I didn't feel like meditating, I didn't want to sit down, I would have rather read or just uh, walked around, I didn't want to meditate, do you feel that way some days? Absolutely, man, at the moment I'm busy writing a book, um, so that's it's, you know, a priority for me, so and it sounds funny, doesn't it, because... Um, I think you need to you need to incorporate meditation into your life as well. So yeah, sometimes it's one of those things where, you know, again, I'm I'm not perfect, but I, I think it's important to to put that into our schedule. And there's other things you can do as well that I, I think are still awareness practices. And you know, if you're not really keen for to sitting down and just thinking in your thoughts for 15 minutes in silence, there's no reason why you can't go for a walk or a jog. You know, I go for I'll probably go for a jog after our talk here, and that to me is that time where I can 
think and reflect and and have that that little bit of practice even though you know the the current circumstance or situation isn't isn't sort of desirable for me to do um you know proper meditation um i can still do things that are, are beneficial so do you feel like you've become more mindful better thoughts uh, more creative creativity how has your life changed when you become uh, more aware and uh, even in the example of meditation yeah um look it's it's profound the impact that it's had and it's it's hard to make the connections and and revert it all back to meditation but that's what I, i'm going to do i guess um because that's what i, I sort of bring it down to and, and number one is um, meditation has just brought a greater sense of calmness to my life <coughs> excuse me um a greater sense of grounding so things don't bother me and stress me out as much as they used to um and you know i can talk about you know if you drop a phone and you crack your screen how people get upset with those sort of things um so certainly an awareness practice has helped me just not be bothered i actually dropped my phone not too long ago and i picked it up and sort of laughed a little bit and went inside and had a smile on my face and told my wife and um you know it just didn't bother me things like that just don't eat me up anymore so that's one thing it brings that sort of calmness it also brings you to the reality of of this existence this life that you live and and what it all means and and this gives me a great sense of peace and and deep happiness to be honest i i'm just not you know i'm still ambitious and i've still got dreams and all that stuff and that's great but i'm just not overwhelmed by it all like it, it at the grand scheme of things it doesn't really matter and we get so wound up over all these things that we want to do all these tasks all these projects that we want to work on and when we're not doing it we beat ourselves up but you just got to look at it and go, well, at the end of the day, when you're on your deathbed, what, what's it all matter? I mean, really, what does it all matter? Um, none of us are that important that it matters that much. So just enjoy enjoy life and, and um, yeah, simplify it. it. It's really helped me simplify things and, and just put things into the right perspective, I think. And that really makes my life more beautiful. Yeah, that is interesting that you say that. Uh, I think a lot of entrepreneurs struggle with the same concept uh, when it's, I don't know, Saturday, 6 p.m. and you're hanging out with your family. You feel like you should rather be working in your business and this constant fight in your mind that family versus work, stuff like that. So how strict are you with yourself, Lee, when it comes to uh, kind of juggling those two? Yeah, mate, I'm, I'm, I've always been a bit of a balanced guy. Um, and, you know, I, I work hard when I work. Um, but I still I believe that you know family is important. It's one of my values, so I want to spend my time there. You know, I'm, I'm privileged now to be able to spend you know the morning when my girls get up. I, I get to make them breakfast and have breakfast with them and spend about an hour with them in the morning before they go to school. Um, so yeah, I, I think that there needs to be a balance. But everyone's different. I mean, you know, someone like Gary Vaynerchuk, he he promotes himself as a workaholic. Um, and he thrives on it, and that's fine if that's what you want to do. It, for me, that's that's not what life's about. My life's about, you know, having those connections and 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 enjoying the things that I love doing. Um, and you know, if it ends tomorrow, well, I can say, well, I did what I wanted to do. I wrote, you know, today, and I had some great conversations. And I spent time with my family. Like that's that's what matters to me. So now it just depends on your your type. But if you're an entrepreneur that always feels you should be working, then yeah, you need to you need to create that that balance and the disciplines i've had so many conversations on my podcast with people that um were so ambitious and entrepreneurial in nature and they just worked 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 and it's it's caused them health problems it's caused them marriage breakups separations you know things um that they look back and go geez if i just you know slow down a little bit um the things might have been different and i think 
I think you can still, you know, achieve greatness in your business and still have great success there with balance. I don't think um, we need to work. The problem with entrepreneurs is we, we tend to not let go um, and we tend to do more tasks than we actually need to. You know, it's it's for what for what I found is that you sort of you do this task and then you go, OK, well, I'm going to do this as well because that makes sense. And that's what he's doing. So I'm going to do that. And then slowly you just find yourself accumulating all these extra things that you put into your schedule. And if you don't give yourself time to really plan and clear out and reflect, um, you don't, you just keep building up and it keeps coming this big snowball of stress. Um, but you have to look at it and go, well, what is really getting me the results? What is really effective in my business? And what isn't? Like what doesn't really need to happen? Um, you know, focus on the big results. Yeah, it's really easy to fill your day up with busy work. Um, you're given eight hours, you're going to just fill up that eight hours. You're given 12 hours to the same thing. And, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, when you talked about Gary Vaynerchuk, uh, I really want uh, to get him on my podcast and ask him, uh, what does his wife think about uh, all of this? <laughs> uh, I, I, I've met a lot of people. I've talked with uh, now on around 150 entrepreneurs. And, God, he has to have one great wife. Yeah, yeah. Well, they've just got that understanding, I guess, you know, and uh, I, I guess it, it, yeah, it depends on the couples and if it works, it works. I mean, mom. I want to talk about your business and move away from it for a bit. Um, what are some of the numbers you could share with Ari and some of the revenue numbers? Um, I don't really have numbers that I'm, I'm willing to share. I, I coach and I speak. They're not huge numbers. I probably make, you know, around the, the 100K a year. Um, and that's just from the, the various jobs that I do. Again, I don't, you know, I don't really focus on the numbers because that's not important to me. And I know that might be hard for entrepreneurs to accept because that's what we're told that we need to do. Um, but, you know, I earn less than I did when I was in corporate management. But the thing is, my life is richer. I have a lot more happiness in life. And that's that's why, you know, I can't really give you exact numbers anyway, but it's around the 100K from from all the various businesses that I've got, including, you know, the, the virtual assistant business and my coaching um, and it's work in progress, I guess. But look, to me, that's that's not what's important. I have my needs covered and, and I have a really, really good life. So uh, again, you have to question, you know, what's important to you? And, you know, you need numbers to obviously have those needs covered. I've got that covered. Um, so anything plus is, is just a, a bit of extra to have more adventures and experiences traveling. So we have uh, entrepreneurs who want to grow their businesses and you've grown a successful business, a coaching uh, business. Tell me what has been the most effective strategy that you might even use today to grow these businesses. Yeah, well, I don't know if there's one effective strategy. I think that it's a bunch of things that seem to work. Um, certainly, it's just about networking. I think networking is probably the best thing you can do um, to grow to grow business and you know you can start a podcast and go that's going to be brilliant that's going to get me businesses but you can start a podcast as you know like it's it's not not easy to to get a huge audience and especially an engaging audience um you know without that that initial following anyway so it, it takes time and work but i think the best value that a lot of people can do no matter where they are is just simply networking one-on-one -on -one networking and, and talking to people that you know talking to people that you don't know, you know, go on LinkedIn or Facebook and just connect and say good day, and and then you know let the conversation go to where it says, hey, this is what I do, and you know if you ever need it or do you know of anyone, you can make those networks. I, I think networking is where a lot of your best business will come from, because um, it's all referral based. Um, whereas the, the you know things like the podcast is is just an extension. I have tried to do 
um, you know, social media marketing and stuff like that and got caught away with all that. I don't really focus too much on that, to be honest, um, because I just I couldn't figure it out and I was too impatient to try and get it right. Um, so, yeah, I, I prefer to just make direct connections. I use LinkedIn a lot now as well for, for connections, and that seems to be quite a great, great way to, to connect with more people and, um, yeah, just build that awareness um, to, the, to the people that are in your network that actually start knowing what you do. So let's get really specific uh, with the audience. Uh, just reach out to someone uh, who you're possibly interested in and you could provide value to or what's the exact process for you uh, when it comes to LinkedIn or networking online? Yeah, there's no exact process. Again, I know you want um, more tangible things that can take away, um, but things will change. Like if it's not working, I'll change it. Um, you know, So I think you need to be adaptive. But for at the moment, let's look at LinkedIn for an example. And I want to connect with um, someone to to suggest uh, my virtual assistant business. So that would be basically doing a search using LinkedIn, and you can search, you can really niche down in LinkedIn to certain categories or you know types of people or occupations. So link down, find that 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 person you want to connect with, and then just reach out to them. Send them not a hard email. I don't I don't think that's the way to go. Like, hey, this is what we do. Are you looking to you know hire a virtual assistant? But just an introduction saying, hey, this is what I do. We've got a business. Um, how's your business going? Look, if you're ever interested, you know, reach out, let us know if you have some questions. If you ever thought about, you know, hiring a virtual assistant, we'd be happy to, um, you know, provide you some information. By the way, we've just, you know, launched a book um, called Delegate to Freedom, which is all about hiring virtual freedom. So it adds a little bit of credibility in there. It tells them what you do, but it's no hard sell, you know, and I think that's that's a really good way. Um, and with LinkedIn, for for those people that you're not connected with, um, you know, you have to first connect with them. So that's a really good way just to connect and they'll, they'll either connect or not. If they connect, then you've opened a bridge. If they respond to your email, then you've certainly got a lead and, and you can take the conversation from there. But one, I mean, everyone's different with this and how they approach it. Sometimes it's it's a method for time effectiveness. So it's it's hard to tailor an individual message to, to everyone. Um, and the, like, I'd love to do that to say, hey, look, I noticed you um, are in the, I don't know, corporate insurance world or something like that and um, you're living in you know Australia uh, it'd be nice to connect it'd be nice to tailor every message but sometimes that's just not time effective so coming up with clever templates and copy that you can simply send out is, is an effective way to go but the other message once you get you know because once you're making that cold connection once you get that that response that connection that's when you need to sort of more tailor it and and become more personable. I believe with the the connection. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. Uh, for sure, growth strategies change, but I think that was tangible enough for right now. Lee, I know that you know that entrepreneurs' life is often like a roller coaster. So for a moment, I want you to look back. Uh, tell me what has been one of the most memorable entrepreneurial moments in your life. Uh, I know there's probably been so many, but share just one story. Um, a story that really stands out to you. A story that really stands out to me. Uh, I feel that it was the time we officially launched, you know, I mean, this was my first entrepreneurial project, I guess, but officially launched the the global office assistance business. Um, and, you know, it was a small startup. It was a team of three. And I just remember the moment where we are online, we had a Skype meeting face-to-face so we could see each other. And it was an official launch, and we talked about, um, you know, what our goals were and what we wanted to achieve, and 
Um, we all contributed and shared, and and that for me was just a moment. It was quite, it was quite pleasing. I just felt quite proud of of you know getting that to that level and starting. And and for me, it was just having that connection with those those other guys, Rachel and Mario, um, there in the Philippines, and and you know just talking with them and sharing. That was what it was all about for me. It was just about us and and you know starting something new. I think it was quite exciting. Um, and it's, it's as you said, it's a you know it's not easy. It's it's hard work, and you've got to keep going and be consistent and persevere. But um, it was just that moment for me that stands out. Um, there's other moments along the way, as you said, but yeah, that's that's certainly one. Does that moment give you energy today to uh, pursue pursue things? Because I know that at least for me, when times get really hard, I think about times when it was better in a way. Yeah, look, I think um, that's the case with anything. And I, I remember being in sales. I was a real estate agent for a while there. And, um, you know, cold calling, I was, I was a great caller um, to prospect. And I used to get a lot of colleagues that would come to me and just they'd be stressed out because they made a call and someone, um, you know, ripped them up on the phone or, or really abused them on the phone. So they felt quite upset. And I said, look, just go back to your list of clients that you dealt with that love who you are and what you've done for them. Give them a call and just have a chat. It'll, it'll lift you up. So, yeah, certainly... Um, it's nice to look back on the win. Sometimes we we look at the the issues too heavily, and that sort of stops us from progressing. It creates a bit more fear. So when you look back at the wins, it allows you to sort of move forward and and just become grateful for for what you've achieved and where you are because you 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 are somewhere and you have achieved something. Yeah, Lee, thanks for sharing that story. Tell me, how does your life look like uh, right now? It looks great. <laughs> I'm living in Japan. I've we've shipped over here about a year ago or coming to a year um so this is where we live now we love it here we, it's, it's a really nice beautiful country great people obviously beautiful food as well so my life looks quite great i've got more freedom fulfillment and happiness than i've ever had before and that's i mean i talk uh, a lot about the why and following your why and that's that's the reason why i believe i've created that and that's what i really am passionate about helping other people achieve as well um so my life is quite good i I have a lot of balance. I mean, I do the things that I love mostly. There's probably some things in my schedule that I don't enjoy, but generally I wake up, I get up at 4.30 at the moment most mornings. Um, I do my morning routine. At the moment, I'm writing a book, so it's sort of my schedule is a little bit different, but generally I'll still get up and do my exercise. I'll do my writing, which I love. Um, I'll do then uh, breakfast with my kids, so I'll cook on breakfast and spend about an hour with the kids before they go to school. And then after that, I've got time for creative work. Um, then after that, I've got I go to the gym or go for a swim generally around midday. After which I then come back and it's it's the afternoon for networking and connecting with people and having conversations. So you said 4:30. How long have you been doing that? Since about September last year. Before that, it was five o'clock. So I just interesting. Tell me how has that uh, changed your life? Uh, hopefully for better. Yeah, look, it's 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 a hard balance because I normally I'm a you know I like to rise early, so it works for me. It's not for everyone, um, but I go to bed early too. So like last night I went to bed at ten o'clock, and then I woke up this morning at about four thirty. It was a bit before the alarm, and I had a bit of a rough sleep because one of the girls is a bit crook at the moment, so she was in bed coughing and up a little bit at night as well. So that doesn't make things desirable, but um, yeah, look, it, it's it's. Absolutely fantastic. I really enjoy it. And, and initially when I set out to do it, there was a goal to to do more um, health activity. So make the meditation and, and exercise routine in the morning more prominent um, because it was sort of getting pushed and squeezed 
um, to a point where it wasn't as, as much as I desired. So, and I really wanted to start yoga and I wanted to do, do yoga daily. So that's where the inspiration came from to do 4.30. So I woke up, I was allowed to do half an hour yoga, half an hour walk, and then about half an hour for journaling and meditation. Um, so that's what I did. It was an hour and a half routine. It's not quite the same now. I probably do about a half an hour sort of exercise, meditation, and journaling. So it's a bit less in time, but I'm still getting up at, at that time of the morning. And I question myself why I was doing it because sometimes it's a little bit painful, especially in winter here. It's it's about zero degrees outside at the moment, uh, so it can be a little bit painful. But um, once I question, I said I do it because it makes me feel good. And if something makes you feel good, well, then do it. You know. Um, and it's, it's one of those things initially when, when we start these practices, you, you might have that initial pain, but if you get to the end of it and go, geez, that actually really made my, made me feel good. It made my day great. Then why wouldn't you keep doing it? And look, again, it's not saying I'm going to be a 4.30 riser for the rest of my life. If it starts not to feel good, I'm likely to change it. And that's my approach to life. If things feel good and they work and they're conducive to taking me towards the goals that I want to achieve, then I'll continue them. If they stop working or they stop feeling good, then I'll probably change them. I like that a lot. Uh, I've been rising up at six uh, for the uh, past uh, few years now, but eventually I definitely want to get to that 4.30 point, but I think it's going to take me another like half a year. So I'm I'm trying to go gradually, quite slowly. Depends what time you go to bed, Simon. What, what, what's your... What's your... Um, well... I've been getting better with that. Right now, it's around 11, 11.30. Okay. Yeah, see, and, and again, and this is the thing, I, I think a lot of entrepreneurs, they look at this space and they go, well, this is what they're doing, so that's what I'm going to do. I believe, you know, deep down, I believe that a real early rising schedule is is, is good, um, but I've spoken to a lot of successful people that aren't. They wake up late. You know, I think Tim Ferriss, doesn't he talk about late waking up late? He's not an early riser. Well, I listened to his uh, his what was it sum up of last year, and he said that he usually gets up from nine to eleven, so quite late. Yeah, yeah, and I've I've, I've spoken to many people like that, and they they do their best work at night, and uh, you know, just go, you got to find out what works for you, and I think that's the the great thing about our world. There's so much options available out there. Just have a look at it, give it a go. If it feels right, then keep keep going. If it's not, then do what works for you. Lee, it's been a pleasure having you in the show. Before we wrap up, I'm actually really excited to ha- ask you that question. Um, tell me about happiness. What brings you joy and really makes you happy? It's just living to, to my why, living to myself, um, living the life that I want to desire and, and traveling the journey that is my own. I think that's what brings us happiness and a deep level of happiness. You know, societies become disillusioned with this term happiness and we, we fill ourselves up with Happiness is momentary pleasures to remove the suffering that's self-created in their lives. Um, and they're the pacifiers, you know, like drinking or watching TV or overeating or whatever it might be. Um, consuming, buying, you know, shopping. Um, Christ, it, the list goes on, the things that society's created to help us, um, you know, um, fill that void. So, yeah, I think it's a deeper sense of happiness. And I think it really comes when you start following the journey that is your own. Yeah, we we chatted about so many different things, Lee, and uh, so many different topics. But if you could leave the audience with just one last final thought, one last takeaway, what would that be? One last takeaway. Invest in yourself. Invest time and money in yourself. Let's end on that note. Lee, thank you so much for coming in. No worries at all, Simon. It's been great. Thank you for listening to Entrepreneur Decoded. For killer resources and free content, go to entrepreneurdecoded.com.